He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. A really good hockey club, and you've got Tampa Bay. Tampa is a bunch of studs. They can separate their lines the way that the Penguins can, and that's what it's all going to come down to, I think, in the Eastern Conference this year. We're still 19 games out for Pittsburgh till the playoffs. And Tampa's not even eligible to be a matchup with the Penguins, likely, until the Eastern Conference Final. But I think it's going to come down to these two teams. Because Tampa does what the Penguins do. They've got Stamkos on their first line. They've got Kucherov on their second line. they got Tyler Johnson on their third line. That team spreads their wealth like the Penguins spread their wealth. They have three legitimate scoring lines. They can keep up with Pittsburgh. Nobody else can. They can't. And I've seen people say, well, it's all about the defense. How does the defense match up with Pittsburgh? You can't defend Pittsburgh. You can't. You cannot defend Evgeny Malkin the way he's playing right now. You cannot defend Sidney Crosby's line. You cannot defend Phil Kessel and Daniel Broussard's line. You cannot do it. His name's Derek. You might have a better chance of defending Daniel. You can't defend them. What you have to do is play with them. Tampa did a couple of years ago when the Penguins played them in the Eastern Conference Final. It went seven games, and it's because Tampa put the puck in the back of the damn net. If you're going to beat Pittsburgh, you got to score with Pittsburgh. Tampa can do that. Tampa's got good goaltending. Tampa's got a great power play. Tampa does a lot of things that Pittsburgh does, and they've done it all season long. That's the stumbling block if you're a Penguins fan. Tampa, and that's it as far as I'm concerned. Breaking news now on the Penguins. Something I was going to get to later on in the segment. I'll get to it now. Jim Rutherford says the Penguins are nearing the end of a Extension for Patrick Hornquist. Boom, bitches! First question. Because we're talking all puck today. I know Stan talked to the NCAA earlier today. We'll do that later on in the week. You guys want hockey today. I'll give you hockey today. The fan, that station across the street, they're in Bradenton right now. They're talking about the Bucks. I mean, how tone deaf is that? Trade deadline and they're talking pirates from Bradenton? So we're going to keep it locked on hockey all damn day long. And the question is this. Are the Penguins the favorite? It's an easy question. But I think the answer is complicated. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The other question, did the Penguins win the trade deadline? I think they did, and here's why. Because the best part of the Broussard deal is not that they got Broussard. It's that Reeves is gone. I joke. I kid. God bless you, Ryan Reeves. Punch people in Vegas. Hey, perhaps he could be a bouncer on nights that he's a healthy scratch. That's a good move for the Penguins because they get rid of Reeves so you don't have the itchy trigger finger to try to play him sometimes on that fourth line. Ian Cole's gone, but for the love of God, can we stop crying about Ian Cole? If the Penguins don't win the Stanley Cup, it's not going to be because of Matt Hunwick. It's not going to be because their sixth defenseman wasn't good enough. They had Ron freaking Hainsey playing last year. That's not going to be the reason why the Penguins don't win the Cup. So, F that guy as far as I'm concerned. He was a great dude, but he's a sixth defenseman. <laughs> See ya. You trade your sixth defenseman, a guy who'd been a healthy scratch a bunch, and Ryan Reeves, who had been a healthy scratch a bunch, for your third-line center? 
The best third-line center in the league? Yeah, I'm doing that every time. But the real best part of this, and there are actually a lot of best parts, so I'm going to keep saying that, is that it gave the Penguins financial flexibility to be able to retain Patrick Hornquist. Yo, they got the best third-line center in hockey, Derek Broussard, for $3 million a season because Vegas is picking up 40% of the contract so that they can have Ryan Reeves a healthy scratch in the playoffs. Because that guy ain't going to play. Not in the playoffs. Come on. It gave the Penguins, and here's a pirate quote, financial flexibility. They got their man and had financial flexibility. How's that, buckos? Rutherford now says he expects the Hornquist deal to be official tomorrow. We'll get to that. What do you do with the lines if you're Mike Sullivan? Does it even matter? I don't know if it matters. I don't know if it matters at all. Here's what I would do. Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Haglin, Malk, and Hornquist, Aston, Reese, Broussard, and Kessel. Oh, my God. The table just went up eight inches. All right, six. All right, four. And then the fourth line, Rowney, Shane, Kuhnhockel. Or maybe this guy that they traded for right before the deadline, whose name already escapes me. Josh Joris, although he's playing in Wilkes-Barre. They signed him down. Could be a money thing. I'll let you know whenever I read Jim Rutherford's tweets. During the break. How do you match up with that from a defense standpoint? You don't, which is why I think Tampa is, of course, the Penguins' biggest rival coming out of the Eastern Conference this year. Because they can match up line for line when it comes to scoring. Because you can't slow these Penguins down. Crosby on your first line. Malkin on your second line. Kessel and Broussard on your third line. And Shane centering the fourth. Hello! Eight inches. All right, six. Okay, four. I think it's imperative that Sidney Crosby starts playing with Gensel and Russ, though. Enough giving him everyone else's also ran. By the way, you see who I didn't throw in the lines right now? It's Connor Sherry. Connor Sherry needs to sit for a few. He'll play come playoff time, but he's got to sit for a few. Crosby deserves to play with good line mates. Why does Broussard come in here and everyone just assumes that he's going to get the better line mates of Kessel and Gensel? Why does everyone just assume that Malkin's going to get Hornquist and Haglin? Well, okay, that's going to happen because that line's insane. But Crosby's supposed to play with Dominic Simone and Connor Sherry while those guys get Haglin and Hornquist and Aston Reese and Kessel? No, I don't think so. So Gensel, I think, should play with Crosby. Rust on the right wing. Gensel and Rust did play in Crosby's wings today. If Sherry plays... Maybe you put him back up, reunite Sid and the kids, and you have Rust with Shane on the fourth line. Oh my God, up eight inches again. Are the Penguins the favorites to win the Stanley Cup again? Are they better than Tampa? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I know Stan was debating earlier on in the day whether or not the Penguins gave up too much for Derek Broussard. No. I don't know what Stan's point of view was. I didn't listen to the show because I was watching Trade Center all day and retweeting, 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 retweeting like a total dweeb bag. 
But that's a question that only has one answer if you're a Penguins fan. Uh, hell the F no. They didn't give up too much for Derek Broussard. Again, Ryan Reeves, a fourth liner who's been a healthy scratch. Ian Cole, your fifth or sixth best defenseman who's been a healthy scratch. For a guy who's going to give the Penguins depth that they might not even have had the last two years. There's a take for you. Nick Benino was a really good third-line center. Matt Cullen was a really good fourth-line center. I think Riley Shane's a better player than Matt Cullen is right now, certainly. And a better player than Matt Cullen probably was last year. And Derek Broussard and Nick Benino aren't comparable in the slightest. God bless Nick Benino. God bless his willingness to block shots. God bless his willingness to play in the PK, something that Broussard will not do. But this dude ain't nothing compared to Derek Broussard. So the Penguins are deeper now down the middle than they've been maybe ever. Jordan Stahl was a really darn good third-line center. Better than Derek Broussard? And when he was the third-line center, the Penguins did not boast that kind of depth on the fourth line. Craig Adams, woohoo! That's that. I think the Penguins are better than Tampa. I think the Penguins have the best roster now in the National Hockey League. But when we're talking about the playoffs, and we're talking about Game 7, or a series that's going to go six or seven games, I mean, flip a coin. Because these teams are good enough to get to that seventh game. And when that happens, you just don't know. Penguins were lucky last year to have beaten Ottawa. Ottawa needed to put a puck in the back of the net in double overtime, in overtime, at any point during that game. And it would have been over for Pittsburgh. They didn't, but it comes down to luck in a lot of these circumstances. Pittsburgh's certainly good enough. I will make this prediction. Already, on February 26th, I'm making a prediction. Penguins are coming out of the Metro. I mean, come on. Philly did nothing. Bunch of wusses. Columbus is good, and they added some depth, but again, it's just depth. That's it. Depth. Penguins already had depth, so they added a third-line center who's really a second-line center. And then that pushed their depth piece, who was the third-line center, to their fourth-line center. They'd be playing at the kids' table. Tampa, the Pens, they sit at the head of the table. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. That's 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Are the Penguins the favorite? Who scares you if they're not? My man Jesse Marshall from The Athletic will talk to us about the Pens, everything that they've done, and everything that's gone down in the Eastern Conference. That's next on The Crowley Show. Trade deadline has come and passed. The Penguins got their dude on Friday. Derek Broussard. God of the Penguins deep. Tampa got some stuff done today. Boston's been getting some stuff done. Same with the Jackets. We'll unpack it all right now with Jesse Marshall from The Athletic. First off, uh, Jesse, Derek Broussard is going to add what to this Pittsburgh Penguins team? Did we break assistant producer? What was that? I think we broke our assistant producer, but we've got you now, uh, Jesse. Oh, okay. uh, right. 
Jesse, thanks for coming on. That had nothing to do with you. That was all Tom. Tom, would you no get problem. it together? Would you get it together, Tom? Okay, it was me. It was my fault. Uh, Jesse, what is Derek Broussard going to add to this Penguins team? Uh, the ability for them to roll free first lines. Pretty good. That's a short pretty answer. Good, pretty good move. Uh, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, I mean, you look at Derek Broussard's body of work, and let's acknowledge, too, that certainly his numbers are down a little bit this year. I think that's more symptomatic of how bad Ottawa's been. Talked about it on The Athletic this week, Adam. Ottawa ranks in the bottom five of the league in every major offensive sort of advanced metric that we can look at. So it was basically um, a horrible situation for him, and he's still on pace for 56 points. So you bring him over to Pittsburgh, you play him with Phil Kessel, uh, you can imagine that he's going to crack that 56 mark on that line, maybe even push you with a good run, you know, upwards, you know, hopefully towards 70 uh, or at least 65. So um, right now the, the, the Penguins have gotten back at them to the, the formula that won them two Stanley Cups. Uh, they have three first lines, and their fourth line has is, is, is gotten a lot better as a result of the Broussard trade. So uh, pick your poison now if you're another coach. How are you going to line up against these guys? I talked a little bit earlier on in the show, Jesse, about the Penguins' four lines that they can run out there, and I find myself wanting to see Sid and the kids reunited just so that Brian Rust is on the Penguins' fourth line. Which, which he has proven, and this is the great thing about Brian Rust, Adam, is he has proven that you, he can produce when you put him with talented players, but he can drive production by himself with players that are not as talented as he is. That is the reason why that is a good idea right there. Uh, you put Russ down there, you get more juice out of him now. And especially when you're playing him alongside Riley Shane. And whether or not the other guy involved is Zach Aston Reese or Josh Joris, who they just picked up today, or Carter Rowney, whoever you want to put down there, you now got options. So I actually agree with you. I, I think in the spirit of making the Penguins more competitive and, and getting back to that four-line mentality, uh, Rustin Shane is a really good place to start. I mean, you think about how many teams would love to have those two guys on their fourth line. It's nuts. Jesse Marshall, the Athletic, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, back to Broussard. What's his skill set? Uh, I know he's not a penalty killer. Uh, I know he hasn't been utilized, I should say, on the penalty kill. Uh, what will he do that will mesh with Kessel's game, so on? Yeah, well, let's. you mentioned the penalty kill. Let's start there, Adam. He's not going to play on the penalty kill. He's going to man the second power play unit. In fact, I would expect Eric Broussard to captain in power play unit, and that's something he's been very very good at. Uh, his one-timer is sneaky deceptive on that power play, and he has a knack for finding those open areas of the ice. And, and I think at a 5-on-5, five five, even Shrent's perspective, he's not Carl Hagelin fast, right? So he's not a guy that's going to turn on the Jets and just blow by everybody, but he can get from point A to point B in a hurry. So that fits in with what the Penguins want to do. He's a 200-foot center in the sense that uh, he is really good at, put, at turning defense into offense. And you think about the Penguins' philosophy, that is exactly what they do. Uh, they forecheck so hard at them that they generate a ton of momentum in the offensive zone, forechecking, that they can then carry through the neutral zone with them and into the back check in the defensive zone. Uh, that is Derek Broussard's game. Uh, he's, he's a lockdown center in his defensive end that can turn the puck over and head off to the races the other way. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know that puck distribution um, – you know, I don't know he's otherworldly in that category, but he can distribute the puck effectively. I think there's one criticism you make of his game offensively. He could probably shoot a little bit more. Uh, but playing alongside a guy like Phil Kessel is certainly <laughs> going to create opportunities for him to do that. He seems to turn his game up in the playoffs, too, uh, Jesse, which 
is something that you absolutely want to see. I know that a lot of that has to do with luck. Uh, Rick Nash is always kind of underwhelmed in terms of production in the playoffs, but there were times when the Rangers and the Penguins were playing that I thought, oh my God, every time he was on the ice, he was creating opportunities. Um, Broussard, though, uh, fluke, or is this guy just one of those quote-unquote playoff gamer type guys? You know how the environment changes in the playoffs, right, Adam? I mean, it's, 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 it becomes a, a tighter checking game. Uh, the intensity gets ratcheted up a little bit. I think that fits what he does. The Penguins right now, if you go back five years and you look at the top four point scorers in the NHL postseason, uh, Derek Broussard is the only, was the only non-Penguin on that list, uh, along with Phil Kessel, Denny Malkin, and Sidney Crosby. So now the Penguins are going into a postseason having the uh, uh, top four uh, uh, postseason point scorers of the last five years. Uh, and I think that, that, again, that's just a testament to what Broussard does. And that's, that's the kind of game he plays and the type of, of, of game you play in the playoffs. He's extremely suited for his skill set. Jesse, uh, Jim Rutherford just said that the Penguins are going to sign Hornquist to an extension. And uh, the terms that are being reported right now by Jason Mackey are for five years and $5.3 million dollars. Uh, I love the $5.3 million number. Uh, I thought he would be upwards around six. Uh, I love the fact that the Penguins are keeping this guy around, and because of the way that this deal was completed with Broussard, it gave the Penguins an opportunity then to sign Hornquist, did it not? Yeah, thanks, Vegas. Uh, if you were upset about Marc-Andre Fleury uh, getting lost in the expansion draft of the Vegas Golden Knights, you can write them a thank you letter because uh, they are the reason the Penguins would be able to, to keep Patrick Hornquist. You know, what I'm concerned about with that contract, Adam, is the term. Yes. Um, that's a long time for a player of, uh, of Hornquist's ilk, but at the same token, he seems to defy all laws of aging. Uh, so perhaps there's something to be said for that. Uh, I don't, I don't know that we've seen his game fall off a cliff. Um, you know, that's, I think in my experience, Adam, that's typically how it happens, though, for players that elk. I, I, you probably saw it a little bit with Chris Kudis last season, right? Where there was just something missing, uh, and there was an element of his game that wasn't there anymore. That's probably how it'll happen with, with, uh, Patrick Hornquist. But the Penguins, you know, they, they rode the contract for Kunis out. I don't think they were any worse for it. And with the cap going up, um, you know, you hope it continues to, and you hope that uh, that Hornquist contract doesn't uh, doesn't come back to bite you in year four or five. Is Josh Joris a guy who's going to play a lot? You think, in your opinion, uh, only if there's an injury issue. And I think that what that comes down to is he's another center, first of all. Uh, so in the event that you lost one of your starting four, you could probably slot him into the fourth-line spot before you would Carter Rowney. I think that they wouldn't have made that move today if they were 100% sure on Rowney's body of work, et cetera. So right now he's been assigned to Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. Um, I think that you'll see him come up in the event of an injury, but he could also fill in on the wing if needed. Uh, so if you needed a guy for the bottom pairing, uh, that's that fourth line wing position, he could also give you a little, a little look there as well. But he's, just, he's a big guy, plays a high-energy, up-tempo game, fits in nicely with what the Penguins do, decent skill set. I don't think he's as good as Carter Rowney is defensively, but what he can provide you on the other end I think is a little bit more significant overall. Um, I think if you look at it, again, looking at it from a metrics perspective, he drives shot opportunities and scoring chance opportunities a little bit better than Carter Rowney does, and I think that's probably uh, the idea behind it is we've got one guy that can, can take care of one end of the rink and another guy that can take care of another, so it's good to have options uh, given how injuries generally run in the postseason. Jesse Marshall from The Athletic joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Jesse, the Penguins 
bottom defense pair did not play well the other night. Matt Hunwick, of course, the guy who's getting crucified right now. He is already going to be the scapegoat if the Penguins are eliminated from the playoffs, even if Chad Ruedel's the guy who's on the ice. So let me ask you, how big of an issue is that Penguins bottom defense pair? Uh, I don't know. I'm saying indeterminate on that, Adam, because I want to see how Matt Hunwick plays in a 5-10 to game stretch on the left side. We haven't seen him there all year. We saw him there um, in the Florida game, so I take that back because he did play on the left side in the Florida game. Um, But we haven't seen him play a whole season on the left side yet, and that's where he's most comfortable. Uh, He wasn't playing there earlier. Um, You know, it's it's funny. He he came out against Carolina, Adam. He had his best game of 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 his tenure in Pittsburgh. That Carolina game, he was absolutely fantastic against alongside Jamie Alexia. Uh, the next night in Florida is a total disaster. So, you know, I know that it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, but let's not – I'm not ready to write the Pittsburgh Penguins off because of, of, of Matt Hunwick's bad game against, uh, against the Florida Panthers. I mean, I, I want to see how he does longer term on that left side. I still think he's better than Ron Hainsey was last year. I think Ron Hainsey yes. – really struggled, and the Penguins won the Stanley Cup with him getting some pretty significant minutes. So um, we know right now that Matt, that Chad Ruedel has performed in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Penguins in a sixth spot admirably, admirably well. If it was a situation we had not seen Chad Ruedel at all last season in that kind of structure, I would be a little bit worried. But, if, you know, at the end of the day, it's that sixth spot, Adam, there's ways you can go about babysitting that pairing uh, to make sure that they don't get exposed. Uh, that's what they did with Justin Schultz two years ago before he really refound his game. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm, I'm not losing my mind over it. I, I think it's definitely an area of concern, but we just have to track how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Tampa Bay made some moves. Uh, everyone knows that already. Uh, Ryan McDonough now comes in uh, to play defense for Tampa. They get JT Miller, Vladislav Nemesnikov goes out in that deal. Now, he's having a better year than J.T. Miller, certainly. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good player. So they do swap those guys uh, in terms of uh, talent for talent there. Uh, how good is Tampa, and how do they match up with the Penguins, in your opinion, Jesse? Uh, well, it's the old, uh, you know, league's arguably the league's deepest defense against arguably the league's deepest, deepest offense. Um, it's the old tried-and-true um, you know, which, which, which is better to have in the Stanley Cup playoffs, a good defense or a good offense? Um, Penguins over the last years, Adam, have said offense matters more. <laughs> they, can, they can come in waves. Uh, you know, like we said, all four lines right now are, are uh, very lethal. So you made a good point. I mean, the Mexicans had a great year. He's also been playing with Kucherov and Tyler Johnson and Steven Stamkos. JT Miller obviously certainly has not. So you wonder what version of Miller they're going to get. But overall, I mean, McDonough's just, he's as solid as a rock back there. I mean, he's just a good skater. He gets everything done the right way, makes a good first pass. He's sort of a jack-of-all-trades guy, uh, great leader in the room. So uh, they loaded up. They loaded up where, they, where they're strongest at. Um, and, and you look at Tampa and Pittsburgh and two teams that both bolstered uh, what they already bring to the table. So I think the question is, as far as Tampa's third pairing, uh, who gets matched against them in a playoff series against the Penguins, and what does Mike Sullivan do uh, in those games? You know, if a potential Eastern Conference final, how does Tampa decide to defend Pittsburgh line by line? And I think the answer to that question would ultimately be the answer to who wins the series, and if, if Mike Sullivan can finagle uh, some good matchups out there, and especially if he can get Sidney Crosby rolling with Jake Ensel again, 
um, it might, even though Tampa's upgraded their defense, it still might be a lot to ask from them. Cole attest to Vanek go to Columbus. Uh, Columbus is a team that I've liked all year long. I do like their roster. They've got some flaws, obviously, as most teams do in a cap era. Uh, I like the fact that they added depth today. How good are they? Uh, how good can they be? Well, you know, the Vanek that they got is much different than the Vanek we saw when he was last in the Eastern Conference. Yes. Uh, he's a power play guy, and Columbus's power play is horrible. So uh, he's 30th in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So you, their hope is that Vanek's going to give them something there. Um, I don't know that that'll happen. I, 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 you know, I don't that Vanek's going to sink you at even strength. I think that Columbus is going to be good to find him a spot where it'll work and where he fits. Um, but I just I don't know that he's going to have the impact on their power play like they thought he would. Uh, adding Ian Cole is a smart move. Guys won back-to-back cups, knows how to get it done. Very familiar with the Penguins, obviously. Uh, so I, the improvement level for Columbus, I would say, is marginal. And I think if you're ranking what teams in the Metro did, I slot Columbus in behind New Jersey, who picked up Grabner and Maroon, who are two young guys that really fit what they're trying to do there. Uh, and they're not game changers, but they've made the Devils better. And I almost wonder, Adam, if, if the Devils didn't get better than the Blue Jackets did just by the slimmest the margins. Well, they scare me a little bit, uh, Jesse. I mean, the Penguins are, to me, the better team. Uh, they've got great depth. They've got the star power. I don't need to go on and on. Obviously, we know that. But New Jersey can skate. Grabner helps them skate. And then Maroon, I mean, he's different than that. Uh, he doesn't add the skating punch, but he can put the puck in the net and do some things for them. Uh, that's a team that I wouldn't really want to face in the first round if I'm Pittsburgh. Right. You look at what Andy Green's doing this year for them right? on defense. This year. is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they're one of those teams that looked, and I think Ray Shero is, you know, he's a smart guy, and I think he identified what made the Penguins so good and is trying to emulate it. Uh, and trying to emulate it without Crosby and Malkin can be tough, uh, but I think he's got them on the right track. That is a team that I think the Penguins would beat Adam, but I think it would be closer than a lot of people think, and I think it would be way more annoying than a lot of people yes. think. It's just the ability to fight off that four-check in New Jersey. And I think the Penguins could do it, but it would certainly it, it'd probably take a little bit more out of them than they wanted in terms of the uh, uh, you know overall amount of skating that they're going to have to do. Couldn't agree more. Jesse Marshall from The Athletic joining me here on The Crowley Show. Last couple of things for Jesse. Uh, Boston, this one just trickling in, gets Tommy Wingles from Chicago uh, for a conditional 2019 fifth-round pick. So they get Wingles, and they get Nash, and there's one more now that I'm missing. Oh, yeah, they signed Brian Gianta. Gianta. Yes. How good is Boston in in your mind? Well, funny enough, if you look at Boston, and and Dom Lachezen on The Athletic does a fantastic job of breaking down the trades that are made during the deadline and how they impact the team's ability to win the Stanley Cup from a probability standpoint. Boston's moves, in, you know, all things considered, actually uh, made them 1% less likely to win the Cup if they had just stood pat and done nothing. Uh, that's not the direction you want to be going in right now. I, I, you know, Rick Nash is not the player he used to be. He's just not. Hell, Spooner um, went the other way, and he's had a better season right. than Nash. Exactly, exactly. And then the Gianta move... You know, they, they, they said they based it off of the strong Olympics that he had, but the United States got absolutely wrecked, uh, and I don't think he looked particularly good while he was out there. And it's a depth move. I mean, he might not even get over it, uh, get in the lineup over a guy like a Tommy Wingles. But, um, yeah, I, I don't feel like they made enough impact. I don't think they did enough. Um, you know, they're a team that's, that's right now buoyed by unbelievable goaltending. Um, I, I, 
if you look at Krejci and how he performed alongside Spooner, Spooner gave him a much-needed bump that he wasn't getting from anybody else. The question now is, can Rick Nash give David Krejci that same bump? And if the answer is no, Boston's worse off for it. So, that's, in my opinion, that's a risky move for uh, a guy you're probably not going to have all that long and a guy that you got to question whether or not uh, he's got enough gas left in the tank to be able to keep up with some of these teams like Toronto and Tampa Bay. And if Boston goes into a series with them, do they have the speed as a whole? Do they get faster? I don't think so. And I think that's how you have to win out of the Atlantic. Uh, so I, I still think Toronto and uh, Tampa are in a much better situation right now. Really good stuff as always, Jesse. Appreciate the time, man. We'll keep reading. Thanks again. Thank you. Later. Jesse Marshall, The Athletic. Coming up next, Penguins are back-to-back cup champs. And they might have the best team in hockey right now. But history tells us that that guarantees nothing. And one more little note on Patrick Hornquist. People are pissing me off with some takes on the horny man. It's Scrally Show. Check out PittsburghHockeyNow.com. They're doing a really good job over there. Dan Gersky, Matt Geica, Shelly Anderson. They kick ass. They really do. But Kingersky said if the Penguins get Broussard, they're winning the Cup. And I've seen other people follow suit. And I've even said to my friends that I like their chances. I mean, how can you not? They have Crosby, they have Malkin, they have Broussard, they have Shane down the middle. That's pretty damn good. But let me caution anybody who thinks that just because the Penguins get Broussard, they're going to win the whole damn thing. That ain't going to be the case. It's not going to make it... Well, it will make it easier. It's got not going to make it inevitable, though. And I think far too many people think it's going to be easy. It's not. I think this Penguins team right now is currently constructed is better than last year's team. Broussard's better than Benino. Riley Shane is comparable, I think, to Matt Cullen on the fourth line, given the way he's played lately. Chris Letang was dead last year, or might as well have been. He's not now. He is better than Ron Hainsey. They're a better team. Their weak link at this point would be their sixth defenseman. Oh my God! The sixth defenseman! When that's your weak link, and your only weak link, you're set up pretty damn well to go into the playoffs. These Penguins are good. These Penguins have an opportunity to do something that we don't see win a third championship, but it's not going to be easy In fact, just think of the last couple of years and the luck that it takes to win a Stanley Cup. Go a couple years ago. We'll start things off with the first series against the New York Rangers. Jeff Zakoff got peppered with shots. Penguins got thoroughly outplayed the first game of that series by New York. And Zakoff stood on his head. Zakoff stood on his head. That guy. If he doesn't, the Penguins fall behind early in that series. New York Rangers ghosts might start prancing in the Penguins' heads. I'm not saying the Penguins have lost the series, but we'll see. Things change. Penguins shot 15 pucks over the glass against Washington in Game 6. Washington could have easily found a way to win that game. If it goes back to Washington for Game 7, well, ah, just kidding. We all know what would have happened then. Last year, well, you know what? No. We'll do the Eastern Conference Final, where the Penguins are down three games to two to Tampa Bay. A Tampa Bay team that was not dominating in shot volume, but was dominating in shot selection and timely scoring. Jonathan Drouin, Game 6, 
Was he offside? Yeah. Barely. Luckily for the Penguins. He scores there. That building is going raucous. Tampa riding all the momentum. Do the Penguins win that game? Do they win that series? You could argue yes, you can argue no, but the Penguins got bailed out by luck there. Penguins dominated in the Stanley Cup Finals, so we'll just move on. But last year, Penguins did not outplay Columbus. They won the series in five games, but the first two games, the Penguins needed to stand on their damn head, or the Penguins goaltender needed to stand on his damn head in order for Pittsburgh to advance. They needed Marc-Andre Fleury to be unbelievable, and he was. The Penguins last year got worked at times. They got worked by Washington. They got worked. Sidney Crosby's head exploded. That was a thing. And the Penguins played one good game, I think, that entire series, and it was game, well, they played two. And in game number seven, they found a way to get it done. Against Ottawa, they're a puck going in the net away from not being in the Stanley Cup final. That's it. That's all the line was. And Ottawa wasn't any good. They weren't any good. And that's all it was. That line, one puck going in the net would have eliminated Pittsburgh, and we'd be talking about the Penguins trying to win two cups in three years as opposed to three in a row. Then you think about the final where Nashville was all up on the Penguins' giblets in the first two games. And the Penguins' goaltending was outstanding. And the timely scoring was unbelievable. The Penguins didn't have a shot for like 14 weeks. Well, it's Lent. So for 40 days and 40 nights, the Penguins did not have a shot. Until Connor Sherry buried one. And all of a sudden, the Penguins were off and running. Then they played better against Nashville. And Nashville won those next two games. Penguins finally found themselves in the final two. But had Pittsburgh lost one of the first two games, they probably don't win that series. The line between where you think the Penguins are and where the Penguins actually are is razor-freaking-thin. Now, again, they're better now than they were last year. But I would argue that the Penguins are in a tougher conference now than they were in last year. Washington was the best team in the league last year, at least in this conference, in the East. But you don't worry about them because they poop down their leg every time they see that Penguin crest. You don't worry about them. The Penguins waddle in and they waddle out. With the victory. Now this year, I would argue that Nashville, or pardon me, Nashville, that New Jersey, it's always dangerous with that N-word, or those N-words. Nashville, New Jersey, some people are saying they're different. New Jersey's a good hockey team. They had a schedule, but now they've been buoyed by a couple of good moves in Grabner and Maroon. They've added depth. They've added scoring. That team can skate. And Hall's having one hell of a freaking year. I'm not saying they'd beat Pittsburgh, but I think they'd make it tough. Jesse Marshall agreed with me last segment. Columbus is going to play the Penguins tough. They did a couple of years ago when they played in the playoff series. They did last year. I know it only won five games, but they put the boots to the Penguins, and the Penguins got bailed out by goaltending by Marc-Andre Fleury. Washington's still pretty good. They didn't make any moves. They're not the Washington teams from the past. You don't worry about them, but they're good. They'll push you. Philadelphia is the hottest team in hockey. And then Tampa has more talent than anybody other than Pittsburgh. They're deep as all get out. They can score, and they play good defense on the back end. Toronto's deep, 
Toronto might be the only team that's deep down the middle like Pittsburgh. And Boston gets a little bit better with some depth. So the Penguins are going to have to navigate a far tougher Eastern Conference to get to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm not saying they're not my favorite, but I'm telling you to maybe tap the brakes a little bit before you start writing the Penguins' names on the fabled cup for the third year in a row. What say you to that? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. As for Hornquist, Jason Mackey is going to join me in a half hour here on the Crowley Show. He says that the deal for Hornquist tomorrow when it's announced will be for five years and $5.3 million a season. That's long for a guy who's as old as Patrick Hornquist and who throws his body around the way that Patrick Hornquist does. But for everyone complaining about that, go fall down some stairs onto a chair and then take the chair to the top of the stairs and fall down again. Yeah, it's a lot of term for an older player. Yeah, it's a sizable cap hit at $5.3 million, but the Penguins have three years, probably after this one, to contend legitimately for the Stanley Cup Final. I don't care after that. It's the same way I feel about Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. You keep his talent around him as long as he's going to be here. And after that, my God, you have no idea what's going to happen. Crosby and Malkin eventually are going to age. I promise. It's going to happen. They're going to fade. And it probably won't be for another three years. But after that, when's the next time the Penguins are going to have an opportunity for a decade and a half to be a contender every single stinking year? I don't care if you overpay for someone. I don't care if you give him too much term. I don't give a flying bleep. You keep this team together. You give Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin every damn opportunity to win another championship. Because when they leave, who knows? When they leave, we might have another X generation. Oh my God. Gonna be watching the Rico Fatas and the Constantine Koltsovs of the world. I remember that was a line with Ryan Malone, and I thought, well, they're pretty good. Ryan Malone's a 20-goal scorer in this league. That's what we might have to go back to. So if you have to overpay to get someone to stay, do it. And I don't think they overpaid in terms of the dollars they're paying. In terms of the term, yeah, you probably don't want to go five years. But it doesn't matter. You got three now, as far as I'm concerned, to win that damn trophy again. And you pay for it. Here's what Patrick Hornquist means to these Penguins. Their power play, which is the league's best and historically good, is 10% worse when Hornquist is not in the lineup. You need that guy. Need him. And I don't care if you have to overpay for it. I don't care if you have to extend beyond the terms that you want to extend. Nah, F that. Who cares? You're trying to win a championship in the next three years. If there's a little overhang, whatever. Whatever. That's a pirate fan mentality. Oh my God, they're going to be paying him for too long. If you win another championship with Patrick Hornquist, mm, you're not going to care so much on the back end. Trust me. I promise. 412 
Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. I love the fact that GMJR said, nah, I'm going to negotiate with this guy during the season. Don't do it much. But I'm going to do it now. He did it with Flurry. He's now done it with Hornquist. Hornquist means that stankin' much. You'll all recall that Horny had the game winner, right? Stanley Cup Final Game 6 in Nashville. He threw a puck off the back of Leaky Peckup, and that was it. Ball game. Puck game. Game. Series. Match. Pittsburgh. You need that guy. And you have to pay a couple extra years? Whatever. You got three to win the championship. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. As I mentioned, Jason Mackey going to be joining me at 520. He's all over this stuff, so do make sure you hear that. Coming up next, Penguins are back-to-back champs. They might have the best team in hockey right now. But they were awfully close to being the 1990s Atlanta Braves. We ain't got to worry about that thanks to one dude. That's next. Crowley Show.